Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Grow Like a Pro. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankers, alongside Jason Flagel with the blazer again. That's right. You know, he didn't back bring my blazer. one blazer on our West Coast trip. I was very surprised. I couldn't fit it into the uh, suitcase. That's really not a good excuse. I you should have bought another excuse, the blazer suitcase. You, <laughs> brought, another suit- you brought a blazer, but you didn't wear <laughs> I think it. I said you should have brought another excuse. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I know, I did. I could have had another excuse. I wore it in Las Vegas, though, so that was that was something. It was a little chilly, right? Because you was. had to deal with... It was snowing. Yeah, snow. There are so many delays. You were delayed a bunch of times. Yeah, three times. Oh. But got a free trip to San Diego, so... Crazy. It's that's all good. Really nice. <laughs> it, was, it was really it's nice. It's funny, because that's what... Uh, well, no, not quite. I was going to say, because it's funny, you flew southwest, and it was like southwest from where you oh, were. Oh, yeah. But no. Not really. <laughs> say that joke was... A, <laughs> Not I appreciate good. the effort, but <laughs> you're going to have to do better next time, buddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep trying. <laughs> so how, how you doing, man? Doing pretty well. A little bit tired, but it's so great to be back I know, we've recorded like, studio it feels like 100 episodes in the last day. It's <sighs> yeah. insane. What, three? Yeah. Within the last day yeah. or so? Yeah, crazy. But it's That's exciting. Good. We've yeah, met some really exciting. cool people We've re- er, and got to have some awesome conversations. Yep. Um, and the really one that great. we're having today is super cool. And yes. it's awesome because you get to meet him and try his food soon. I and I don't, and I'm Chef jealous. Chef Big Shake. <laughs> oh, man. So why don't you so... tell us a little bit about our guest? Yeah, so Chef Big Shake, uh, amazing restaurant. Big Shake uh, Hot Chicken and Fish is the name of the restaurant. But uh, you'll hear his story. Uh, Sean Davis is his name, but everyone calls him Big Shake, and I don't want to give away why he's got that nickname. You'll <laughs> you'll hear it in the episode. Uh, but he's an amazing guy. Grew up, you know, to, uh, cooking. Uh, ended up creating his own shrimp burger. Uh, was on Shark Tank. Man um, versus food. Yeah, man versus food has been there to try his food. It's awesome. Been on QVC. I mean, really ultra popular dude. Um, really amazing guy. Uh, his story is just so cool, Adam. I, I mean, I'm so so excited yeah. to have him on the show. But yeah, well, I'm actually going to taste his food in person because uh, Nash Distribution is having an annual spring training event uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City. So super excited to be there. But uh, it's on March uh, 5th through the 7th, I believe. And Chef Big Shake is actually catering the event. So I will get to try his shrimp burger in person, Yeah, which I'm really excited to, uh, you know, have that opportunity to be there. But yeah, the uh, annual spring training event is for, you know, uh, home contractors, uh, crawl space repair, uh, waterproofing, foundation repair companies. So if you guys are in that industry and you do not have tickets, you need to sign up now. Um, it's actually, you know, going to be here next week. So you will only have a few days to, to get all your travel arrangements uh, kind of situated. But And mostly you know, to try Big Shake's food. I mean, come uh, on, yeah. let's be honest I mean, here. <laughs> who does? Like, I mean, well, there's going to be his food there. There's like distillery tours. There's going to be awesome like sales, marketing, um, training just to ba- basically allow you guys to grow like a pro in, in that particular industry. So, you know, Adam and I are so excited and, um, you know, really um, happy just to have that partnership opportunity to help them promote the event uh, and, you know, give uh, awesome insights to the people there. So really excited to be there. And you won't be there in person. I know. Adam, I'm going on a cruise. cruise. Darn it. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I have you will be I... there in spirit. That's true. I, I think don't... I might even bring like a a printout of your face or something <laughs> just posted everywhere <laughs> i'm here guys yeah adam's no, here with us i mean obviously i'm not i'm not super upset that i'm gonna be on a cruise while you're doing oh, this yeah. but oh, it would have been I a really it. it would have been a really fun event to be at but you know it, it's it, there'll, there'll be more 
yeah, then we'll definitely sure. do more. But uh, if you want to learn more about the Nash Distribution event or anything else, or if you want to be a part of our show, yeah. if you want to send us questions, comments, anything, please send it to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that is hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And we do want to just put a little warning for you for this episode. It was our first call-in episode, so we're still you know working with some of the technology, so the quality may not be as great, but I think it sounds pretty well. Yeah, it's pretty and good. And also the video does cut out for like, I don't know, a few minutes or something because our battery ran out. I don't know. It was weird. thought everything yeah. was good, but little technical issues that pop up, but the, the audio should all be good. So you might just see a little picture of us <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the, <laughs> yep. of the episode and you'll know why if you're watching the video feed. So just wanted to put that in there. And uh, without further ado, here is Chef Big Shake. Hey guys, what is up? It is Jason Adam here from the Grow Like a Pro show. We're back in the studio. We are back in the studio. <laughs> Finally. Yes. It was, what, a week and a half over on Something the West like Coast that. trip? <laughs> but even longer because of all the construction and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's still a little bit of work in progress, but it's exciting to be yeah. back. It's really great to be back it's here. It's like coming home. I know. Even though I got home like two hours ago from Las Vegas on a red-eye flight. Yeah, you just got right. back off your plane. I, <laughs> I should be tired. I should be exhausted. But we got Sean Davis here, and that's all oh, that matters. Man. And we yeah. are so excited. Welcome, Sean. Yeah, thank you, Sean, hey, so what's much. What's going on, guys? What's going on, fellas? How's it going? Sean is just amazing. I mean, we're so glad that he's taken time out of his schedule to be with us today. Uh, this is actually our take two because <laughs> uh, Sean is actually on the phone with us today because uh, he's located down in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, which I will actually be down there next week uh, for uh, the Nash distribution training event that we are going to be uh, a part of. So really excited to be there. Uh, and Sean's restaurant is actually going to be catering the event. So I'm so excited. For those of you who are not aware, um, Sean's uh, restaurant was actually on the second season of Shark Tank. And I remember watching it, being so excited to try it. So Sean, I'm so excited to try it in Nashville when I'm down there next week. But uh, Anyway, let's, uh, you know, again, welcome. Thank you so much. But if you don't mind, um, why don't we go ahead and jump into the uh, first question? So, um, Sean, share with the uh, listeners a little bit about your story, uh, your background, and then how you kind of got involved into, uh, you know, wanting to do uh, Big Shakes, Hot Chicken, and Fish. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a lot to answer at once. <laughs> but I'll, give you, I'll give you a quick short scenario of my, uh, my background, how I got started in cooking. Um, I started cooking, um, I was about 12 or 13 years old, I'll say 12 years old, I started um, off in a restaurant called CJ Palmaro's. Um, it was about 45 minutes away from my residence, I grew up in Long Island, Bayshore, Long Island, and um, the summer my mother wanted to get me out of the house and kind of expand my horizons and, and stop from getting in trouble, she found a job in Fire Island Ocean Beach um, at a restaurant. and. Um, for a dishwasher, um, I got there and um, it was it was rest was history, man. I the gentleman's name that um, was my boss, his name was Giovanni Palmaro, um, a Sicilian gentleman who um, was in the restaurant business for um, a long time. He was a world-renowned chef, and he took me on his wing and taught me everything. Started out on dishes, and um, when I turned about 13, 14, I was started prep cooking, and 15, I was actually on the line. Um, and at 16, I was in the kitchen. That's um, awesome. So, so I, what, you, start, you started I, I, when I, you were about 12 years old or something, was it? I started on 12 years old washing dishes, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, it was a, it was a, a opening, a, you know, a, a, definitely a, a, an experience that I'll never forget. 
I felt that I wouldn't trade for the world because it, it really taught me everything from soup to nuts, how to run a restaurant, you know, how to just understand all the aspects of running a business, really. Uh, kind of started then because I was very inquisitive and always was watching, always was looking and always was asking questions. And I think I asked too many questions at some time, but, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it That's definitely how you helped me to understand. Yeah, it definitely helped me to understand everything I'm doing today. You know, I, w- I would never have dreamt that I would, you know, be owning or running a restaurant, you know, today, you know, versus, you know, when I was 12 years old and some things that you learn back when you're young, you don't realize you take it for granted. And, you know, it was like second nature when I opened up the restaurant. I was like, you know, I, I knew exactly what to do because I, it was kind of embedded into me for, you know, for some years when I was a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, I so I you know, it sounds like you kind of started this that job, you know, as a dishwasher. I'm sure you probably weren't too thrilled about it starting, and you probably wanted to play and you know do whatever else you guys were doing back then. But do you remember maybe a specific moment where it kind of shifted, where you're like, hmm, this is something that I actually really kind of like, or maybe I do want to try this cooking thing. Is there any you know particular moment that kind of shifted your thought process on it? Yeah, well, you know, um, after the first year. You know, I was out there, you know, running the dishes. You know, I was always watching. I was always watching the cooks. I was always watching the chef in the kitchen and and really always constantly asking questions. So just by their movement and watching them, I kind of knew what to do, but never really did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Um, I, I remember when one of the cooks were out, and um, that's kind of how I got my name, too, Big Shake. One of my cooks were out, and um, one of the cooks in the restaurant were out, and they asked me to get on the line. And I was nervous, I was shaking, right? They used to call me big all the time. And oh, then nice. it turned into big shake. And um I got online for the first time, man, and that that, that night really changed my life and my and my perspective of how what cooking was about, right? Timing was everything and just the whole, you know, trajectory from there it just it was just, you know, the rest was history, man. And how old were you when you got that first chance to be on the line? Oh, I think I was about fourteen years old. So exciting! That's wow. Awesome. So, so Sean, you were so you were shaking, and they nicknamed you Big Shake, and, and that's how yeah. how you got your name. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where it kind of started from, man. And, that's uh, awesome. You know, over the years, this Big Shake, Big Shake, that was always my name, and then became Chef Big Shake when I, you know, kind of understood and and, and kind of ran the it through all the kitchens and cuisines, and you know, I had the chef in the front of it. That's awesome. <laughs> but it was Big Shake, man, and um. You know, that, that experience, you know, it was an Italian restaurant and, you know, that was, that was kind of my passion in the beginning of really understanding um, and really taking hold of the one cuisine, right, with mm-hmm. Italian, and, you know. So that, that really, um, it's kind of my first love and, and, and my go-to dish is how I used to get all my chicks before I met my woman. But, you know, it was, um, it was definitely, uh, it helped me a lot, it helped me a lot to know what I'm doing now. That's awesome. So, where did you like start experimenting at uh, that restaurant, Sean, in like other kind of uh, different areas of food? Is that kind of because I know um, is it um, more of like the Louisiana or Cajun style that you focus on now with uh, Big Shakes, Hot Chicken, and Fish? Or because I'm just kind of curious, did you like uh, you were focused on Italian, but you started to experiment at the kitchen there, right? Well. Uh, not so much experiment, but really expand upon what I was doing they, with the current menu. Because I had no control of changing menus back then. Right, I was only 14, 15 years old. So, but you know, I did have control of what I was 
maybe a, a couple of a few ingredient changes, maybe lemon here, pepper there, garlic there. So it was really wasn't really totally changing, but it was definitely expanding upon um, you know, what they were currently doing. Um when I noticed that, you know, people were loving the flavor profiles I was adding there, you know, I kinda gave me a um, you know, kind of a go ahead or the approval to say, Wow, I can't, I think I know what I'm doing right. And, you know, years later when um being able to um um, you know, the the shrimp burger kinda came out of a necessity of my daughter's dietary change, um, and her lifestyle. She wanted to become a vegetarian after uh, you know, I guess some kids were passing around on Peter Ma- Peter magazine or a newsletter or something like that in her classroom and she came home and told me that she didn't even want to eat one meat and I was like, Okay, you know, no problem and you know, I started um experimenting at that point really uh, trying to um help her with a new dietary um uh, lifestyle and um and that's where seafood came into play. I convinced her to stay with some seafood uh for protein factor and, you know, she agreed with that and um after the first, you know, ten to fifteen uh horrible tries at making a shrimp burger, it, it didn't work out too well but <laughs> you know, over time and when I finally got it right and I, you know, the proof came from my wife, she was like, This is fantastic, you know and my daughter loved it and, you know, and that's kind of where it really started as far as the experimental aspect of what I do as far as the kitchen currently today was the shrimp burger was kind of my first, you know, my first baby, right? And, um, you know, and that's where it started. I'm so lost of them at the restaurant. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, and what exactly for, you know, people aren't familiar, what, what makes a shrimp burger? Like, how is, how is it kind of prepared and served? Well, um, what makes a shrimp burger? Well, I can tell you this. What makes a, a great shrimp burger is starting with the best shrimp in the world, right? Yeah. We use only uh, white gold shrimp right here, uh, you know, pulled out by folks down in Louisiana and the uh, Mississippi waters down in the Gulf of Mexico. And um, starting with the best shrimp, you know, then we use natural binders, we use egg whites and, you know, all kind of natural ingredients, peppers, onions, you know, you name it, you know, a lot of different spices, the flavor profiles and seasons that kind of really... Um, complement that shrimp when it's starting to be cooked and then mold it we mold it just like a hamburger would be molded and um and um you know pan sear it deep fry it bake it however you want it and then you got it it's a shrimp burger <laughs> that sounds so good sean <laughs> i can't wait to try it in person and i i you know hearing it just um in terms of the audio i really want to just taste it right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had a lot of time to explain how good it looks Take, so yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh sean you were so you were at cj's restaurant correct is that right cj cj palmero so, so i i mean what what happened after you were there and how long were you there like where did you go next in, in terms of your journey you know um you know i started as, as like i told you i was pretty young and I lived on top of the restaurant with my, uh, with the owner and boss and, uh, chef Giovanni Palmaro. You know, I lived on top of the restaurant for seven years. And, um, during that time, you know, I, my, my cooking abilities got stronger, you know, uh, my technique got strengthened and just, um, watching him and how he conducted business and going, um, shopping with him and buying certain foods really kind of, uh, hone my skills of, you know, really what a restaurant's all about, right? The buying factor, the margins, um, and just understanding the business aspect of things really um, prepared me um, to kind of say, okay, um, well, not so much I'm done with this, but, you know, I was getting old. I was 
19, 20 years old, and you know, I wanted to go to um, you know the Culinary Institute, and he kind of yelled at me and said, "You crazy? I just taught you everything you need to know. It's not going to teach you anything." <laughs> you know, and I was can't be down the job you know, experience. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing this all my life and watching you know some of the top chefs in New York, you know, cook and you know stand next to these guys and actually becoming one of the people who led the kitchen. So he was right, you know, at the end of the day, and you know, and. Um, so I ended up going to school for restaurant management instead, <laughs> hotel restaurant management instead of uh, the culinary art scene. Um, I, was, I got pretty burnt out, you know, in my early 20s of cooking. I got kind of slowed down. And, you know, um, once I met my wife, um, I've always never dabbled in it. You know, I always went back to, I was doing catering events and so forth like that. But kind of got out of the day-to-day grind of restaurant, you know, to where I was, you know, and that's a, that's a 15 to 12 to 15 hour day, you know, long days in the restaurant. So I kind of got burnt out of it and, um, you know, started um, doing a lot of catering jobs and, you know, it wasn't until I, I kind of caught the bug and I was telling you guys I lived in Las Vegas for a short period of time and um, I was approached by a gentleman who was, um, had a bar kind of restaurant casino combo and was like, listen, I got a restaurant station there. You know, I was young and dumb and I was like, yeah, let me do it, you know. And at that point I had two young babies, you know, I guess a year and maybe a year and a half and 17 yeah, a month apart and and uh, that was a disaster. But I can tell you, I, I had no time at home. You oh, know, sir. my wife was working, the, she was working a lunch schedule shift. I was working the evening shift until like five o'clock in the morning. It was just not, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Never again in my life. You know, it was like, I don't want to do this. I, I forgot, I, I remember the grind, and, but that food, it kept calling me back. It kept calling me back, you know. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later down the line, when my daughter, you know, grew up and, you know, started uh, asking about the dietary suggestion, I kind of jumped back into it in the manufacturing side by, you know, developing the shrimp burger. Um, and that's, that's how that really spawned, you know, and, um, so Sean, how did you even start going about like, because uh, I mean, you just said you started that manufacturing process of the shrimp burger. <laughs> like, I mean, did you talk? Did you have to find people sourcing the shrimp? Like, find a, a, a facility to do all the manufacturing for you? I like. I mean, it's easy for you to say, you know, you did the uh, yeah. you did the manufacturing. But what are some of the things that you know you had to think about or even figure out to do that process? Well, really, I, I was always a forward thinker, so you know trying to understand, um, you know, how, because if I did something, I'm, I was a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur by heart, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, and, and really forward thinking and saying, okay, if I'm going to develop a shrimp burger, I want to develop a shrimp burger so the country can taste it, not just my family. So I was always looking, you know, in that direction, looking how to accomplish that, right? How do I accomplish that? Um, and I took off on the trip, I, I, Drove up and down the coast of uh, Louisiana and, and uh, Mississippi. Um, it took me about six months. I went through several different shrimp companies and met a whole lot of people, met a lot of processing plants, met a lot of fishermen out there. Um, before I, you know, I did two or three different uh, companies before I really found one family that um, that did it great. You know that were were the technology and what they were doing as far as pulling the shrimp in, the way they treated the shrimp they pulled in the way they treated their people in the factory, you know, that were processing the product. You know, I really um, took a liking to them and I kind of forged their partnership with them early on before I even had a first buyer for my product. 
Um, so it was almost, I knew them for almost, you know, I would say almost really a year and a half to two years before I even um, started purchasing shrimp from them and actually the profits for me. Um, so for me, just going back and trying to hone in on what it's going to take for me to start on a small scale, you know, I would buy small patty machines and, you know, small little gadgets that I would buy offline or buy from China that would help me with my internal production and seeing how, how, you know, how, how symmetrical I can get the burger, how close to a burger I can get it to look, right? So I did that experimenting for about, uh, for about a year or so. I just really trying to, you know, get the product to look the way I want to look and feel the way I want to feel and taste the way I want to taste. Um, I started offering it to some local restaurants um, in Franklin. I mm-hmm. that. Um, and one of the restaurants, a uh, gentleman by the name Mickey Rue, Mickey Rue's restaurant, lived, he was across the street from uh, where we lived at in our subdivision, and um, he started buying from me. He was like my first customer. He was like, man, I'll give him a dozen here or there, he'll put it on the menu, and sooner or later that doesn't turn into two cases, three cases, four cases. At that point, I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, <laughs> somebody's awesome. actually buying the product that I'm actually making. And um, that was the, the real um, aha moment. I'm like, I got to get this thing out there. Yeah, yeah. And is that is that at the moment, Sean, that you decided to uh, apply to be on Shark Tank? Well, you know, uh, a good friend of mine that I grew up with in New York, he, um, because the show wasn't airing, I don't believe, in uh, Tennessee yet, because it was like the first season or whatever, and he was telling me, Hey man, there's a show on TV. I know you're looking for some capital to help me out your product, but um, you know, it's someone up here and I see it and they're looking for people to, you know, go on and show what they got. And he actually was the one who um, pointed me in that direction and filled up did the application process for me. And not until um, nine months later, I got a call and um, the call was from um, one of the producers from the Shark Tank. And he's, I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I want you guys, I want you to come out and then, um, Pitch your product with some of the sharks, and uh, I know you're looking for some money for your shrimp burger. We love the idea. I was totally taken back. I had no clue what this guy was talking about. I, <laughs> I, remember, I didn't remember filling out any application. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, was, I don't know. Nine months later. Yeah, I was just agreeing with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they called me back, and um, we want you to we're gonna fly you out to LA, and uh, we want you to come out and pitch your product. So that was a, a life changing moment in my life. You know, that, that changed everything. Um, you know, from that point on. That's awesome. So what was the, um, to, you know, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the shark tank process, do you have any, I, I mean, I know it was like a long time before you got the call back, but do you remember going through that application process? Was like, was it a really tough thing to go through? Was it a lot of information? Um, do you remember anything like that sticks out when you were going through that process? I'm not sure about the application process then because I, I, I wasn't involved in that process. I think it was a, a short form. I'm sure it's changed, you know, drastically yeah. mm-hmm. at this point, but it was more of a short form back then. But the process of uh, going through the um, um, interview process and uh, face-to-face with the producers and um, going out and pitching your product in the studio prior to them selecting you, that was pretty um, uh, a, a stringent process. That it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy. They were... They would call me, you know, five times, six times a day to have me do my pitch at random times on mm-hmm. the phone. And um, just kind of throw you off guard. And, you know, they'll ask you more than 10 times a day, you sure you want that much money? How about this much money? That's what, you know, that's, so they're trying to, oh, they were trying to, you know, try to throw you off base or throw you off kilter and off your balance. But they, 
it would just shoot different numbers at you to kind of, I don't know, to see how, how you would respond, basically. Yeah. And yeah. see how confident you were in your product and exactly what you wanted where you got on, the, you know, finally got to pitch it in front of people. But, um, you know, it was a crazy experience. I think that was out there for over a week in a hotel room and he was calling you at random times. And who called you? Around. Just the producers called you? Yeah, it was where you had your producers that were producing your segment and I guess they would, I, I assumed there was a room full of people because it always seemed like there was several people in the background talking and um, and you'd hear them giving you different suggestions of how to strengthen your picture and what oh, yeah. to say and what to say. So it was more of that type of thing. So when you got to finally do your picture, you was kind of, you know, you, you, you knew it verbatim, right? It was just roll off your tongue and, and it sounded convincing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, you know, ultimately now I watch it, it's like, you know, I think now it's like almost like 80% uh, entertainment and another 20% business kind of, you know what I'm saying? So, it's kinda, yeah. so I guess they, you know, they want some people to go up there and just kind of, you know, not do well. Oh yeah. Yep. And, That's I could, right. I could, and I could see them in the room, maybe snickering at some people, you know, over the phone, but, you know, but, you know, I was never here there, but. I can tell you it was definitely an interesting experience and something that I'm going to forget. And so, so walk us through it a little more because, you know, people see Shark Tank. They really only see the people walk in, get a yes or no, walk out, and maybe check in later. So I know you, you gave it a little bit, you know, people calling you and stuff. So you were there for about a week. And did you have to go into the studio and prepare? Did you meet any of the sharks before that? Like, what was the interaction with the sharks? And who were the ones that kind of, you know, you pitched to when you were there? Well, there was no interaction with the sharks. Um, so maybe day two, when you were in, in the hotel, they would, you know, pull up the bus and, uh, get to this van and, uh, drive to the studios, um, get to the studio, I think it was Sony Studios, and, um, they will put you inside this big auditorium type of room, and at that point, um, they'll ask you to start pitching, and you'll pitch in the front of the room with, you know, all the peers and all the other individuals down there as well pitching, um, along with maybe, I guess it was probably about 10, the 15 um, executive producers or producers that were in the room as well. Yeah. So you're kind of pitching in front of a lot of people. So, you know, it kind of, the nerves had to go at that point with that game on that you came here for a reason. Yeah, right. right. So it's like, get ready for a boxing match. Really. <laughs> Throw them in the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Sean, uh, so yeah. how long, um, how long were, was the recording for? Cause I actually have a cousin who went on the show and they, I think he, he was, um, being recorded for like an hour and a half, but you know, of course when it aired, it was only like five minutes. Um, so how long did you end up uh, talking with the sharks? Um, do you, do you remember? Was it like an hour? Yeah, no, it was actually about 45 minutes, a half hour, 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, roughly. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that long. Um, Cool. The anticipation to get to the camera part was definitely a long time. I'm sure. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And who did you pitch to? Uh, at that time, it was um, um, O'Leary, uh, Damon John, Barbara, and um, Mark Cuban. Gotcha. Cool. That's awesome. And if I remember yeah, correctly, yeah. Sean, you didn't end up getting a deal with any of them, correct? No, didn't end up getting a deal with any of them, but the, the good thing is I left there with them saying they loved the product, right? Mm -hmm. It was the second year of the season, and, um, you know, at that point, I don't think they had any real grocery experience, because my goal was to be in every grocery store across the country, yeah. right? And at that point, I don't think they had any grocery experience, what they told me, and, you know, shortly after the show, um, David John befriended me, he reached out to me, and Mark Cuban reached out to me, and you know, I had long conversations with these guys and, um, 
Damon ended up flying out to Nashville, and I guess he had a meeting or something. He ended up coming by the restaurant and spend the evening with me talking to me about, you know, what I should do and so forth. And by the time the show aired, you know, I, you know, when the show aired, I had several investors calling us. You know, a lot of investors calling us. And you know, the time that I pitched the show, the time that the show aired, I was preparing, right? Really preparing, really honing in on infrastructure, what we need to do to make sure that you know everything we had was ready to go. Yeah, per se. And how long? Um, how long of a time was that from recording to it airing? Um, I believe I want to say it was at least six months. Oh wow! I think it recorded back in October, and I think it didn't air until like April. Gotcha. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a short time. That's awesome. So I, I mean, you went on that show. Was was it kind of like a waterfall experience when the show aired, Sean? Like, because uh, I think if I remember correctly, seeing the um, the Shark Tank like update feature where they talked, you know, with you to give an update. Um, you were yeah. like, hey, it was like so many messages that I got, you know, once the show aired. Um, what was that experience like when you know the show aired and you know uh, basically a lot of people wanted to get in touch with you? I can tell you, I was sitting in my, uh, I was working as a collected, uh, collection officer at the time in a, uh, in a call center, about 150 people, <laughs> and I was sitting in my cubicle and my phone was just ringing nonstop. This oh, was probably wow. the night prior to the air, air the previous night, mm-hmm. and my phone wouldn't stop ringing. And um, I went in the bathroom and took the call and uh, told me this one guy, he's an investor, and blah, 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 I was like, I gotta go back to work, you know, let me call you back. And, I had to call up the call up the call up the call and then at lunchtime at that point I just went outside and um, took about ten phone calls and I didn't come back to work the next day. <laughs> I was like, Well, I think I just need to focus on No looking back. <laughs> yeah, no looking back at this point. I gotta get out of here. I um, love that. I gotta go back. And then and then and, so um, that, Oh sorry, yeah, I was just gonna say when was the uh so you, you had all these calls, you weren't looking back. When did something finally hit, or what was kind of the thing that said, you know what, this will make it worth it so I can just put my all my effort into this? Yeah, so I just, you know, we really had to go through and really identify. There was a lot of crazy people too calling me, trying oh, to pick sure. still on the show. Yeah, you know, trying to act like they were sharks now. What the hell are you calling me for? So <laughs> then, at the, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, we really narrowed it down to some, you know, legitimate investors and uh, went with a gentleman who, you know, had a good vision and understood our product and wanted to help grow the brand. And we went that individual and, um, you know, we got a better deal than we actually on the show. And, um, you know, it, it took well from there. You know, we, um, set up shop and like I said my relationships are already um, solidified with all of our shipping partners and right. the manufacturing facility and so it was just like okay well now let's start pitching these supermarkets um, let's just start doing what we want to do and um, you know went out there and you know we had a 99% success rate closing the deals with all these supermarkets so at the end of the day we were close to 2700 stores That's you know amazing. when it was all said and done with and um, you know, my wife handled all the um, logistics uh, ordering, and which was crazy. It was just me and her at the time, and um, it was definitely overwhelming because at the, at the time, the investor really had no no offering of any infrastructure or you know any type of manage, management or anything. So it was basically me and my wife handling everything. And Sean, did you have a, your restaurant at this time too, or were you just doing the manufacturing of like the shrimp burgers? Just doing the manufacturing of the shrimp burger at that time. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so we didn't we didn't have a restaurant at that point. 
Wow, that's amazing. So uh, what was that, like what length of time was it where you were doing the manufacturing um, before you decided to open up your restaurant? Well, the restaurant came about um, 2014. Um, so it was probably roughly about two years later. Okay. Two, two, two and a half, three years later. Uh, started a, um, a restaurant with probably about 13, 10 square feet, a very small space. It only had seven tables inside of it. And, um, you know, my whole thing was I was telling my wife, you know, I'm a chicken fanatic. So the reason why I got into the business is to explain to you in the hot chicken business, I'm a chicken fanatic, you know, just fried chicken. I don't care if it comes from 7-Eleven or the, or the Shell gas station on the corner. I'm going to find out where it's at and I'm going to taste it. You know, so I was, uh, you know, I was tired of going downtown Nashville from Franklin, you know, looking for fried chicken, good fried chicken. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And fried fish. And um, that's kind of how it started. Um, you know, I told her, you know, if nobody comes, eat that food, great. You know, I'll enjoy cooking for one person, doesn't matter. And, um, you know, we've been blessed that the community kind of really came out and supported us. You know, we had, you know, that little space, you know, there was lines around the block. And I was just like, first time we opened, it was like, it was, I started putting tears in my eyes. It was like, this is insane. It's a dream and, come uh, true. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, awesome. It was like, you know, this, it was all like full circle. Like, this is, this is what I wanted to do. You know, this is what I was meant to do, was run restaurants and, and really help other people understand their dream, right? And, yeah. You know, so all the dishwashers I hire, I, I make cooks and from cooks and, you know, the, the people that I typically hire are people who need a second chance, right? Even need a second chance for, they're not, they're working at McDonald's with a family. They can't feed their family with McDonald's income, yeah. you know? So I, I'll give them the tournament and give them the training and understanding what's necessary and paying with good salary they can feed their family, you know? Um, and that's it, man. We, you know, the cooks that we hire come from within. They start from the bottom, the way I did. And um, we turn them into managers some of our cooks now are, are she the one that's running my whole restaurant down in Huntsville, Tennessee. And she didn't know anything about cooking two years ago and now she opened the restaurant and that's her restaurant. I love that. Um, um, we like to, you know, give back and, and, and help people fulfill their ultimate dream is really most people just want to take care of their family. Yeah. And yeah, of that's course. what we've got to provide. And how how many locations do you have? Right now we have uh I mean, we have four, we sold one and this will be our third one that we're opening up. That's awesome, Sean. So I love the uh, desire that you have to take care of the people on your team. That's one of the big things that Adam and I see, you know, in a lot of these conversations, Sean, that we have with our guests is, you know, uh, a lot of these really successful people at the end of the day are very successful because they surround themselves with amazing people and they take care of the people around them. So I love to hear that, you know, you're doing that. That's really awesome. Um, but yeah, I was actually really curious, Sean, I just thought of this question right now. Um, and I would love to know, um, more about it. When you went to pitch some of the, um, uh, like supermarkets to get your, uh, products in there, did you work like with supply? Did you have to reach out to their suppliers? Like, how did you even, um, learn how to do that? Did you have friends who knew how to do that? Like, what was that like? Well, I was, you know, like I said, I, I've been an entrepreneur all my life and I, I know what no sounds like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Know what the, no, the word no sounds like, and even before I even went on the Shark Tank, I probably called every supermarket behind the country once or twice. They've heard my voice before. Um, I knew, 
you know, just started from the bottom. I'll, I'll walk to the supermarket. Hey, who do I talk to about putting my product on the shelf? Well, you got to call corporate. I'll call corporate. Well, how you go corporate? Who's the, who's the guy that's in charge of the secret department? And I'll call that guy. And I'll call the buyer. And that's kind of how I was talking. Buyers never return calls. You know, I probably had probably one buyer out of 100 people that I called that actually returned my call and said, no, we're not interested. But I've, I've left thousands of messages on their phones once before. But they, you know, two years down the line, and they actually got in front of them now the second time, third time, you know, and actually calling them again and say, hey, you know, this is me, you know, I'm trying to come in and show my product. You know, people started listening all of a sudden. Now the TV kind of changing things for some reason, strange reason. I wish it wasn't like that, but, you know, the same people I was calling three years prior, the same people opened the doors, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was kind of a crazy experience, but I was able to go in and, and, and put out a full-blown pitch of the product and the viability marketplace and, you know, the void that was in the marketplace for, you know, um, uh, different uh, alternative proteins that need to be on the shelf for any like my daughter, people who want to be a pescatarian who wasn't totally going for the black bean burger but wanted something different with a high protein count, you know, low carbs. And, you know, so that that was my pitch. And, um, you know, I was well prepared, you know, for, for every aspect and every deal because I guess told you, I heard a whole lot of no's and the reasons why they said no. So, I was, <laughs> so my rebuttals were definitely uh, very, very uh, vigilant for coming yeah, back yeah. I love that. Well, yeah, you can't treat no as a stopping point. Just as a little roadblock you got to get through. It's a, it's a oh, you, yeah, got to keep going, keep going. And you know, I think I, I think it's you know, it's a super valuable lesson too because you know, sometimes especially when you're watching Shark Tank and you kind of see the people don't get a deal and you kind of feel bad for them and you see, oh man, it, it seems like it, it was a bad thing, but it's that's not really the case. You keep going forward and keep being positive and putting it out there. And like you said, you see things happen when it airs, and you take advantage of those opportunities. So even though you Absolutely. may have not got that deal right away, it's it's so awesome to see that ultimately led to getting you to where you need to be. So it's just it's such a great lesson thing that that you went through. It's just it's I'm so happy to hear that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of a corny cliche. Everybody always says you don't give up, right? Yeah. You know, once you give up, once you give up, your dream is over. But it's kind of really true. It's like you know. You know, why would you give up? You yeah. know, once you give up, you just kind of lost everything that you had and all the drive that you mustered up and all the late sleep nights that you had and all the prototypes that you built or whatever it is, you know. Why give up on all that just because you heard no or, you know, yeah. somebody told you they don't want it, you know. Somebody's going to want it. Exactly. You know, you hear from so many people that, you know, fa- people are afraid to fail. They're afraid to start something because they don't want to fail. They can't take, you know, rejection or anything like that. But that's how you make things happen. You got to start doing it and get through those rejections, get through those no's, jump over those hoops and you'll, you'll get there. I mean, it's just, you got to keep oh, going yeah. and keep pushing forward. It's failure. You know, we always like asking the question is what is your biggest failure? What is the biggest thing that kind of helped change you? Because we want to show people that, you know, people see failure as, as something, you know, that's horrible. That's, that's a terrible thing. You know, obviously in some cases it is, but in a lot of times yeah. it's sometimes the most beneficial thing for you on your journey because it teaches you, it makes you reflect and, and, you know, adjust and make sure you don't make those same mistakes over and over again. Oh yeah. It's just like antibiotics, right? You know, it weakens you once you try to put, get out there and try to get something, something to help you and leave you or you just stick it out and keep them sick to your body builds up a uh, core immune system, but kind of thing, you know, I, this is, you know, I had tons of, like I told you, I've been entrepreneur most of my, all my life, really, and, um, you know, failure is just something I don't even, you know, take as a negative anymore, it's just a part of life. Right, right. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, somebody, like I said, somebody's going to say yes, regardless of what and how crazy it is, 
you know, I'm sure there's some really like up things out there, but for the most part, you know, I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of, you know, people and a lot of successful business people, and, you know, they've been through the same things I've been through, you know, at a time when they had zero, you know, bank accounts did nothing negative, and, you know, they're like, what am I going to do? And all you can do is continue to jump back up there and do what you got to do to fight and knock down doors and, you know, whatever it takes. You know, I always say whatever it takes to get it done, you have to get it done. Because there's somebody out there next to you that's going to do more than you. There's somebody out there that's going to wake up earlier than you, somebody's going to go out there and go to sleep later than you. So you got to want it. You got to want it. You just, it's not going to come to you. You got to fight for it. Yep, got to go get it. <laughs> I love that, Sean. Yeah, very, very important thing to remember right there because that's a lot of what you know separates the people that we see as successful from the other people who are not successful is just consistency and persistence. You know, they they uh, they stay consistent on trying to pursue their dreams, and like you said, you know, they never give up. They keep uh, keep uh, pushing forward. So I love that. But one of the other questions, um, Sean, that Adam and I love to ask our guests is, you know, where do you see yourself and, you know, your restaurant in the next five years? Uh, and then more importantly, you know, where do you see, because uh, I imagine you're still doing your, the manufacturing and distribution of your products to in stores. Where do you see that going as well? Well, we are relaunching a uh, whole new product line that's going to kind of uh, complement our restaurants. So everything that we sell at the restaurants, whether it be us, season salt, whether it be our cornmeal for our fish, our flour for our you know, chicken, um, all that's being um, um, manufactured into a retail brand uh, so that we can complement and grow kind of uh, simultaneously the restaurant as well as the brand is concerned. Um, uh, excuse the retail side. Um, so, you know, we just got approved to start franchising in November of 2018. Oh, nice. Um, after a long eight, nine months of uh, uh, paperwork <laughs> and a lot of money in now. So we're, you know, this is at this point now we're ready to go. You know, I, my, my dream, I don't like doing anything small. My dream is to, you know, to be the number one um, chicken restaurant in the country. You know, so I love sales it. and domination. You know, I, I want more than KFC, I want more than Popeyes. And all that's going to stop me from doing is myself. So, you know, I wake up every month with that vision and to continue to employ people is my main goal is to keep people employed and, and, and keep people paying their bills as long as I can do that, you know, and continue to grow. You know, I'll be happy when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. And do, so are there, is there anything else besides the, the shrimp burgers in stores now or is that the only product at the moment? Uh, at the moment, that's the only product in the store. Well, actually, we don't we don't pull it in the, in the stores anymore. We pull all that. We only supply it through our restaurants. Oh, okay. Um, the thing with... Um, Again, going out the first time in, in retail, um, you don't know everything. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, and you'll have to learn the hard way, right? And that's another aspect of, of stocking fees, right? And, and different ways that the product was being sold, buyouts and buybacks and you know, all these programs that these supermarkets are trying to push you on. And like I said, the supermarkets, they're, they're, not, a, um, you know, they're, they're not a partner, per se. They're a the box to put your product in for, so you can market it, right? And, you know, those marketing dollars cost a lot, and stocking fees cost a lot. And you know, we weren't able to. I, I, I woke up one day and said, if I'm making 25 cents a box of our product, you know, even though we're selling tons of them, I want to make eight dollars off of each burger that I'm selling. You know, and I said, well, I'm not giving these people all this money, and they're not giving me anything back. You know, first we're talking about the distributors and and the brokers as well as the supermarkets and. 
And that's why I just changed my mind of thinking. I said, you know, I'm a manufacturer and I'm going to sell it to my customer base. Like my margins will be a lot bigger and I'll be a lot, <laughs> a lot, you know, ability to spread more and grow faster. You know, they, they might be seen in supermarkets and anything like that, but you know, I'd rather take the margin for myself rather than give it away. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of, uh, specifically Amazon uh, companies that I've worked with, Sean, that, you know, they do what, like, um, I don't know, 10 to 20,000 products that they sell through uh, like Amazon. But at the end of the day, you know, their, uh, their margins are horrible. (laughs) So like you said, you know, they're selling tons of products, but at the end of the day, in some cases, they're actually losing money because, you know, Amazon with their marketplaces, uh, having a tendency to continue to scrunch that margin. So in some cases, oh, yeah. people uh, and companies are losing a lot of money. So it's not oh, yeah. you know, not very good. But <laughs> and now, you know, and you know, again, with with time, you learn. So I, I've learned a lot now. So I learned how to go back out these supermarket chains and know what type of programs to you know to not to take right? yeah. and buy out the buybacks, not to go for. Versus now, you know, I I kind of not want to call my own shots, but I'll be able to kind of control it because I can I can take it or leave it, but I'd rather take it. <laughs> so yeah, but, for um, sure. Just, you know, it's just easier to know, to know now how to do it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, is there um, what was the largest chain that you uh, were in uh, for like a retail location? Well, we were in um, uh, Giant. Giant Eagle. Oh yeah, yeah. Of the Northeast, yeah. We were in Stop and Shop. Oh cool. Um, um, yes, I mean it was, it was. We were predominantly um, in the Northeast. You know, that's kind of the demographics of, of, of most of your um, seafood. Yeah. Um, demographic mm-hmm. of people who, who eat seafood in the Northeast, and we're in pretty much every supermarket from Maine down to um, the Maryland, Baltimore, DC area. That's awesome. Um, all the way through there, yeah. So we, we kind of we kind of really saturate that whole market. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I love that. So, um, what um, what? How many stores did you end up being in, uh, Sean? Like at your highest, um, like highest um, volume we, that you were doing? Do you do you have any idea of that? About twenty, about twenty seven hundred. Wow. Twenty seven hundred stores. That's crazy. Yeah. So what, yeah, like, was, what were the, um, what's the like financial numbers, if you don't mind sharing uh, with us, like how much were you guys doing a year with those retail locations? I can say we're probably doing about a uh, uh, little bit over one point five to one point eight a year. Wow, that's crazy. That's, a, that's yeah. really impressive. <laughs> Very. Yeah, it was a, it was a journey. I can tell you that definitely a journey. Yep, for sure. Well, I mean, it's easy for you, Sean, to say, hey, we were doing 1.5, 1.8 million <laughs> uh, when, you know, you're looking back in your past being like, hey, I used to live above, you know, the restaurant that I looked at, uh, oh, that yeah. I, you know, worked at. Um, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> very inspiring, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I it's, mean, it's even, really even prior to that, before that, I mean, it, was not, it wasn't like we were, uh, you know, making tons of cash. Right. You know, things are always paycheck to paycheck, you know. Yeah, you know, I I did a lot of jobs. I was a painter. I laid concrete. I did decks. I mean, I, you name it. I've done it to you know to make sure that um, you know there was food on the table. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Well, speaking of you know make uh, putting food on the table, uh, what what are some of the things outside of you know being trying to take over the world and become the na- next <laughs> KFC, uh, Sean? What are some of the things that you like to do? You know, outside of your work, uh, what do you like to do with your free time? What's you know some of your hobbies or or your passions? Really, um, at this point, it was really spending as much time as I can with my kids. 
Um, I, I wasn't, didn't have the ability to spend a lot of time going, you know, when they were growing up because I was, again, a serial entrepreneur and was always trying to make sure and maintain and grow that business such as shrimp burger and restaurants and, you know, um, spending time with them and really, really nurturing and, and really paying attention to them because a lot of times they had to pay attention to what was going on with their father or their father was the topic of the, you know, what was going on and I tried to, and, you know, really engage myself into what they're doing constantly, you know, but outside of that, you know, fishing, I love to fish. That's one of my favorite pastimes is fishing. And the more I can do that, the more I, I feel like I'm living, <laughs> yeah. not working. Now, are you, do you fish around like Franklin, Tennessee area? No, actually, I, I, I live part-time in Tampa for the oh, past two okay. years. Yeah, so I live part-time down in Tampa. I haven't been able to be down there in the last couple of um, weeks, about probably over a month now, because um, we're over there for a new location out in um, Olympic Parkway in Goodlesville. Oh, cool. Um, hopefully, I'll be open up in the next 10 days. So I've been really spending a lot of time out here and swinging the hammer, you know, hanging up, hanging up everything and, you know, cutting, you know, walls and just doing what I had to do to get this thing done. That's so cool. So um, we're closing in on this close. That's awesome. I love that, Sean. That's so great. <laughs> and, you know, Sean, so, you know, there's a lot of people who obviously have heard you talk about the shrimp burger and some of this hot chicken. What What are some other specialties on the menu at Big Shakes? Well, first of all, the best chicken you ever taste in your life is the number one thing, man. Our <laughs> 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 fried chicken. Our fried chicken is awesome, man. And, um, you know, our, our, our catfish, um, all of our sides are made in-house. Our, our collard greens, our tenor greens. Our cornbread is made fresh every day. Um, we just do a, a, a real core southern food. That's what we do, you know. Yeah. We do southern food. Oh, that's um, good. I love that. So good, Sean. So, like, the uh, <laughs> what, what, like, uh, what are your hours that you're open? Um, and then you you said you've got what three locations? So that's um, Fra- Franklin and where where's the other ones at? So we have uh, one down in um, Huntsville, Alabama, right outside of um, the Arsenal down there, uh, right next to Nassau. Oh, cool. Um, that was really cool. It's a really cool location. We get a lot of people from the Arsenal down there come by and see us. Um, and the one up here in Rivergate, it'll be opening up in about a week or so. That's and awesome. And that, all the hours are pretty much the same from 11 a.m. Um, to 8 o'clock, Monday through Thursday. And on weekends, we're usually open until about 9 o'clock. That's awesome. And how hot can you make the chicken? Like hellfire, basically? <laughs> hotter than you can ever believe. Hotter than you can ever believe. How hot, have, how uh, hot can you handle? Can you handle that hotness, or is it? You know, I'm getting a little old now, so my stomach doesn't, my stomach doesn't do what it used to do. And, uh, but uh, uh, we have something called Death Row, uh, which is um, um, one of our... Uh, we only do it at the one location in Franklin because we kind of got to monitor it, you know. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> they have to sign off on a um, sign. They have to sign a waiver when they take it. They have to be over 18. Right? You got to come in, you know, you have to be over 18. And, and yeah, what, what makes it so hotter? Is that part of the secret? You know, I can tell you this. We blend, well, I blend probably, I blend the hottest peppers in the world. And I fermentate them. I let them sit for over three to four months before oh my I even called it Death Row. And um, <laughs> so we had a guy uh, from Man vs. Food down, he came down and did the challenge. And uh, Oh, Adam Richmond was, was there? Pretty, was that yeah, that was pretty insane. And, um, <laughs> That's awesome. So every, 
every quarter we try to have a um, what we call a death row challenge where we get about 15 to 20 uh, brave people that come <laughs> out and uh, do the challenge. You know, they, uh, we try to make it a huge event. And um, so far we've had one guy who's been consistently sweeping everybody, um, but everybody else is typically, we've probably had about 500 individuals that tried at this point it may be less than 10 that really survived it and <laughs> wow. got, to, got, to, got to hold that crown in the air. Unbelievable. <laughs> I love it. But I, but I, get, I get to tell you 50% of our customers love our original chicken with no heat too. So yeah. it's not all about the heat with us. Um, we try to accommodate everybody across the spectrum. Whether they love heat or they just love good taste and product, good chicken. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Adam knows that I'm not a huge fan of the uh, <laughs> super spicy food. So <laughs> I, I always tell people, I'm like, I, I, love it. I enjoy tasting my food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah. being hurt by your food. Yes. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Sean. So, um, you know, I, it, we're getting kind of close to the uh, end, Sean. But uh, what are what are some of the best ways that, you know, people can get connected with you? So, you know, if people want to get connected with you, do they go to social media? Do you want to share an email address? Um, and then also, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm always here to help any individual who's looking for answers or looking for the next thing to help them out, whatever it is. You know, I, me and my wife had been through a lot as far as business is concerned. You know, the things, the don'ts, the failures, the ups, the downs, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, the easiest way to get to us is through Facebook. Um, Big Shakes Hot Chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, everywhere, you know, you'll see all the locations come up. Um, you can go to our um, website, bigshakeshotchicken.com. Send us a message there. But um, we're always there to answer any questions. You know, a lot of people that constantly call out and reach out and, you know, help people with, you know, help them try to home in on their vision and whatever they're trying to accomplish. You know, my time on this earth is, 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 is limited. And, you know, and, you know, I always say that, you know, I, I have to be, um, at some point, some type of, of, of person that is here to help. You know, I'm only here to help, and I have to be able to give back at some point, and for the rest of my life, that's what I'm here to do, is give back and help. So, obviously, you know, make sure my kids are taken care of, but, you know, that's, I think that's my purpose, to help. So, yeah, I love here. that. That's awesome, Sean. So, um, in terms of our last question, is there um, any kind of advice or insights you know, for maybe another entrepreneur that's kind of trying to figure out where they want to go for the future uh, that you would like to share with them? Oh, well, that's tough. Because, right, <laughs> you know, uh, that's a hard question, you know. Yep. It's almost can't be answered because, you know, an entrepreneur's mind is so, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's going to go everywhere. It's going to go everywhere. And, you know, all I can say is, you know, before I had, these two ideas, I had a thousand other ones, mm-hmm. right? And I think the biggest thing is, is knowing and learning how to focus on an idea and don't stop focusing on it and staying with it. Um, you know, I hate to sound cliche, but you know, don't stop believing in what you want to try to accomplish. And you know, once you stop believing, then somebody else is going to take your dream and do it and do it for you. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and that's just the bottom line because you know it's. You know, like I said before, I had this one, I had a thousand other ones, but I, I remain focused on trying to get it done. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome insights, Sean. I love that. 
<laughs> well, Sean, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Like I said, I'm so excited to taste your chicken and your shrimp yeah. burger in person. So, <laughs> But Jason, the real question is, when are we doing the death row challenge? That's the oh, real question. Well, you can do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> You, you would probably have to pay me, Adam, to do that. I'd pay, I would pay to see that. That oh, would be no, very no. entertaining. <laughs> no, you stay away from that. I'm not allowed to that. Well, Sean, again, thank you so much. Uh, you've shared some incredible you know, insights, and then your story is so incredible, so so valuable uh, you know, to our listeners. But uh, you know, Adam and I would love to have you back on the show at some point in the near future. And you'll get to see him soon. So I know. I'm so excited to see you in there. person, yeah, too. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, so exciting. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll uh, probably have you back at some point in the near future so you can uh, share your update about how you're uh, taking over KFC. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I want to see Big Shake everywhere, man. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, that's another good point, Sean. Like, that's that's a really awesome uh, franchise. You know, for people who are interested in, in, in doing like a restaurant franchise, uh, I would so do that in a heartbeat. That's yeah, awesome. Definitely. <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, thank you so much. And guys, thank you again. And we will catch you uh, next time. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for having me. Take care. All I have to say is watch out, KFC, because Big Shake is coming. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I, I, his franchise is probably going to explode. I hope so. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's good. You're going to have to give the full rundown. We'll have a full review on Grill Laker Pro oh, yeah, of how sure. amazing the hot chicken is. And we will be because give... you're kind of a baby when it comes to spice. So we'll kind of see what happens. <laughs> so I, I like to, st- I mean, I said it. It's like, I like to enjoy tasting yeah, my right. food. Not, so. not being in pain and <laughs> no. suffering. And, <laughs> I don't yeah. understand that. I just, you know, the spice level is like, I the food taste of the food is like the best part. So yeah. why in the world would you it have that? Because it picks it up super, a notch, gives yeah. you a little something, something. Then have something that doesn't taste as good. <laughs> That's my opinion. Oh, but it was funny. My my wife, she went to Nashville and she brought some hot chicken home, like Nashville mm-hmm. hot chicken. And that was like my first introduction to it. Yeah. And oh man, it's just because there's nothing. I mean, a fried chicken sandwich is wonderful, but yeah. put some extra spice and love on it. It's just oh, so good. Sounds so good, so, and yeah. it's not a good idea to talk about this while I'm really hungry. <laughs> I so. know. It's <laughs> it is a problem. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited for you to try it and give us a full report. But uh, yeah, it was such a cool story. Mm-hmm. I mean, being on Shark Tank, being on that big national stage, and yeah. I mean, it's just so cool. I, I know we, you know, we talked about this a lot, but I just love the fact that as sad as it was that he didn't get a deal on Shark Tank, it seemed to you know end up working out, out oh, at yeah. the end, and for it's just much it's, better. Yeah, yeah, much better. For it's him. just such a valuable lesson to learn, and just shows that you know even if you go and you don't quite make what you thought was your goal, you're mm-hmm. still making progress, and right. will eventually get to that place if you keep pushing forward, putting out good vibes, doing all that good stuff. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was yeah, absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself, Adam. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know he ended up having that stage and then used it for so much more promotion, yeah. whether he realized that oh, or not. For sure. You know, he got so many more calls after it and people are like, wow, I'm so interested in, you know, wanting to work with you. Um, and, you know, some of the sharks from Shark Tank actually went to go visit his restaurant, too, uh, just because they were so excited about it. So, I mean, it's uh, his story, his his restaurant, his franchise now is just incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm so um, so honored to be. Uh, connected to him. Yeah, you know? definitely. No, it was, <laughs> it was it was really cool. Great conversation. So once again, we truly thank Big Shake for 
coming on or coming on our show, being a part of it and helping with the Nash event, which if you want to remind people a little yeah, bit about for that. Sure. Yeah. So the Nash event is the annual spring training event from March 5th through the 7th. So this is specifically for, you know, a, a training fun event down in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, for people in the crawl space basement uh, foundation repair industry. So, you know, you're going to get um, amazing fun uh, and networking opportunities with other people, leaders in the industry. So like vendors like april air blue angel isi uh, santa fe unipar and so many more are going to be there uh, attending the event uh, they're at some of them are actually really awesome sponsors for the event so you know really really cool products that they're actually going to be releasing as well uh, there's going to be like sales marketing uh, other training things to be able to get you uh, help you guys grow like a pro um, and yeah i mean again chef big shakes catering the event so good southern food good southern hospitality as well uh, you don't want to miss it. You want to get your tickets while you can. And I think Adam will actually link to the Eventbrite ticket uh, landing page in our uh, show notes. Yeah, show, no yep. show notes so you guys can see it if you scroll down a little bit. Um, and yeah, definitely want to act fast. You've only got a few days actually to be able to get those tickets. So, uh, and if you can't make it this year, um, still like send us a message at hello at growlikeaproshow.com uh, and then we'll get you in touch with Nash so that you'll be updated on their next event that they do. Uh, really amazing company and what they're doing uh, in the particular industry. They're like the leaders. So definitely want to connect with them for sure. Yeah, definitely. And once again, you can send all your questions and topics and comments. And if you'd like to be a part of the show to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Genesis Marketing Group, for, you know, obviously providing the studio and the services and all this stuff. And Genesis is just such a awesome company and it's the one-stop shop for all your marketing needs web yeah. web development graphic design social media reputation management all that great stuff and they really do a great job and they really do as as we like to say you know grow alongside companies which yeah. is very in line with our messaging and yeah, our thoughts sure. and you know we couldn't do any of this without them so we truly thank that Thank, I truly thank them and you can be sure to check them out at genesismarketinggroup.com yeah for sure I mean they've got a proven track record case studies of you know helping other companies make more money getting more leads um, you know working with you in terms of a consultant to help you overcome your challenges again we're all here to help each other succeed that's what Adam and I love to do to help people like you guys um, ultimately get the success uh, and the results that you want so, oh yeah yeah <laughs> That sounded cool. like a soundboard clip. Kool-Aid. Cool, cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what, no. Is it Chili's who did, uh, oh, yeah, dripping in marinara sauce? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I just know baby back ribs, oh, but man. that was pretty good. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that's when they started it, and then they went into, oh, I want my baby back. Baby oh, back gotcha, back. gotcha. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jason, you got a future in broadcast. Oh, anyway, <laughs> man. Anyway. Uh, voice before, of Thunder. Yeah, the Voice of Thunder is back. He's real. Uh, but no, we, we look forward to seeing you, you know, each and every week. We mm -hmm. go live every Thursday at 6 a.m. And yeah, you'll be able to see Jason in Nashville yep, walking around sure. if you see him there. So be sure to give him yeah, a Yeah, I'd love to hi. do like a quick Facebook live or, um, you know, uh, Instagram live, yeah. YouTube live video with you. So if you're going to be at the event, stop by and say hi. And then, you know, let's do a video together. Love, uh, love to connect with you guys in person. That's one of the awesome things uh, that Adam and I actually got to have when we were on the West Coast trip. It's like, you know, some of the listeners, we got to spend some time with them. They yeah. gave us some awesome feedback. Oh, that's the best part. So, yeah, things like that. I mean, if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, topics you want us to cover, uh, again, just send us a message at hello at growlikeaproshow.com and we will get back 
to you right away. Uh, we actually had an awesome message come in, I think over the weekend from a listener who actually saw Adam on the Kind of Funny show. So, you know, things like that, that's really what we love. We love to connect with people like you to ultimately help you grow like a pro. Definitely. Beautifully said, sir. Thank you. Well, yeah, Paul, with that, we wish you all a wonderful day and or night, and we look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, have just the greatest time. Bye. <laughs> That's such a weird idea. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>